What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today, we're talking Coachella Valley Invitational, talking about preseason. I haven't had a chance to go out there. I've been seeing all the tweets, all the Instagrams, all the social media. I wish I was out there. I had, I've been with family the last week. I've been working, doing a lot of things, unfortunately. I, I, I feel bad that I miss it now. I kind of have like, uh, I, I feel, I'm feeling a little FOMO. So hopefully next year <laughs> I make it. But we have someone that was there, uh, Justin Ruderman. Justin, how you doing, my brother? Doing well, man. Yeah, it was it was a good time, but definitely a long drive out there. So, yeah, because you're in Palm Springs, Coachella. It's like two two and a half hours. Um, talk to me. Talk to me about the experience. Like, how long you were there? What day you went? What games did you watch? Uh, and everything uh, from the moment you got there, uh, and everything. Yeah. So, well, mainly I was there this past weekend, uh, which was obviously for the LAFC game against Toronto. Uh, and but then it was four games throughout that whole weekend, two on each day. Um, so got to see a bunch of teams there. And then I also went uh, the previous Monday to see the LAFC game, uh, which was yeah by itself. But it was yeah a very good game. I got to see both LAFC games and I think nine teams in total. So uh, getting a good overall look at this league early on, seeing what uh, stands out in preseason, and also got to look at St. Louis City. Uh, in their preseason game. So before they even have their official match and they looked good as well. So yeah, just a very fun time out there and yeah, a good amount of fans also showed up. So it was, it was just a fun time out in the sun, nice weather. Uh, it was, yeah, really enjoyable out in Coachella. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was uh, from what I saw, it was cool that what after the, after the game players did autographs and everything. Um, Cause typically it's, it's a little bit more difficult, right? If you're at the bank or BMO stadium, you know, now that it's called, I'm still going to say Bank of California because I'm not used to it. But typically, I mean, you'll have every now and then. But like the one thing that I saw is like you, you could watch the game from the field, right, from the field level. And I think it's always it's always cool and unique watching players from the field level because you can see, at least for me, when I first started, uh, one of the things that kind of stood out for me is like I already knew Carlos Vela was good coming into the MLS, coming to LAFC. But once I saw him in practice and I saw him up close and how quick and how elite his left foot is, it, it just it just put things so much into perspective. And I don't know if you caught on to that, not just Vela, but any other player that, that stood out to you. They're like, huh, like seeing him fill over, you're like, I knew he was good, but now just being that close and seeing that close. Talk to me. Did you see anything like that? Or maybe the opposite. You'll be like, oh, man, maybe this player is, is not as good as I thought. <laughs> no, it's it's a fantastic point you make because I'm always somebody who likes being high up and looking down on the field from like a tactical view. And so you can see, you know, the formations that teams are playing more easily than from a field level. But as you say, in the field level, you get the opposite. You get the close view where you can see the technical ability of players and how good they really are on the ball, passing it and moving it around. Because from far distances, it, they make it look easy a lot of times. And you think maybe I could do that, too. But then you get close and you realize, wow, that player is really, really good. Um, I saw it with the whole front three of LAFC, uh, I think. Vela, obviously, nobody questions that one. Um, his, his technical ability is always there. But Bowanga, he's really quick with his feet, always moving the ball. Uh, he loves this little, like, not a Cruyff turn necessarily, but a cutback turn where he brings the ball back and moves it the other way really, really quickly away from defenders. And it works constantly. Stipe, Stipe Buke also very, very good with his feet. Um, 
and we, it was the first look I got at him, obviously, in this preseason. So that was good to see from him as well. But yeah, for fans who don't normally get to be on that field level, it's really, really good uh, in Coachella because, yeah, you, you can sit wherever you want. They do have the bleachers if you want to get a little higher or you can stay on field level if you wanted to. Yeah, no, that that's amazing. How much were tickets for fans? Well, like, was it, I'm assuming pretty affordable. It was, I think it was around, it depended on the day, right? So it depended on the team that who, who was playing and things like that. But I think it was around $50 per day. Uh, and that included both games in that day. Okay. That's not bad. 25 so, bucks a game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so what, what, VIP talk, talk, as well, which is. Sorry, well, it's okay. Was, talk to me about that. What? what yeah. Well, what did the VIP? Did you get closer? What was it? Did you get drinks? What did, no, no. Did you yeah, it was just like drinks and yeah, drinks and food. And I think they gave away some souvenirs and things that weren't available otherwise. Um, but that could range again. It was depending on the day. So I think for LAFC, it got to like a thousand dollars, which made no sense to any of us. But for other games, it was like two hundred thousand dollars. Right, but it didn't make yeah because you got to, you you also got to meet the players like they would walk to the VIP area after you know they were as you mentioned they were signing for pretty much everybody but the VIP people kind of got to have a little conversation with them you know get to know okay. players a little bit so it was a nice experience uh, and I think for you know the ones that were 200, 250 bucks probably worth it but for the days that when LFC was there where it was a thousand yeah I don't think it was worth it just get your autographs on the side <laughs> yeah thousand dollars that's a little. St- Deep just for a couple of hours, but look, if you got the money, you got the bankroll, go right ahead and you can have a conversation with Carlos Vela, whoever, uh, one of your favorite LAFC players there. Um, I mean, you know, the it's priceless, let's put it that way. It's a little, it's priceless, right? Um, but no, that, that's cool. Um, so I'll tell you that, like, was the setup nice? Everything with the feel nice, the setup, um, did they have multiple fields next to each other? Uh, talk to me about the the the, the view. The, the obviously, I know you just talked about a little bit about the fan experience, but talk to me about the whole setup, drinks, food, and everything that was around uh, around the, the field and stuff. Yeah. So as far as the field, incredibly nice, uh, beautiful grass. And that's why they played it in Coachella. I think obviously, you know, they could have played it at BMO Stadium, but they only have one field there and they don't want to ruin that field. They could have played it at Dignity Health Sports Park where they have a bunch of fields, but a lot of them are uh, turf fields, the, the bigger ones, and then some of them maybe not as quite as good grass there but Coachella they have multiple fields um, and the grass is pristine so yeah it it was very well set up there as far as you know food and things were limited there was like one food stand had you know chicken and burgers and things Um, so there was food but nothing you know too special beers and whatever else you needed as well was was available Um, but yeah it was it was kind of a a cozy feeling when you walked in it almost felt like a country club um, it is the Empire Polo Club, so it okay. you know similar vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've 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 been there. I've I've been out there. So no, that's cool. I, I really like it. I'm really definitely gonna try to go there next year. I, I'm assuming this is gonna thing. Is this a thing you you expect them to have for for future years and stuff? Um, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I don't see why not. It it seemed to be a very good. Uh, training session for all the teams, you know, all the coaches and players that I talked to really enjoyed uh, the games. They thought that they were, you know, getting a lot out of their preseason. And if you just bring a bunch of teams to one area in in Coachella, then you can produce uh, a bunch of games against multiple teams and get a good look at the league. So I think it's, it's really good, not only for the fans, but for the players as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really like it. Um, I know a couple of weeks I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go. Um, cause I kind of knew I had things going on, 
but now I feel like I, I, I definitely feel like I missed out. Um, but it's cool. It, it's, it's, I'm excited for next year. I'm excited for the season. Oh, give me a second. Looks like someone's calling me. Um, but I'm excited for the season. I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, for what's to come because there's just so much going on. Ten days away from the season to open at the Rose Bowl, LAFC versus LA Galaxy. The 2023 season is going to start off with the bang. Um, I want to talk to you about a little bit more of the players. You, you mentioned Stipe. Talk to me about him. I haven't been able to see him. I, I've seen his highlights, but tell me what, what you like about him uh, and what stood out to you about, about him specifically. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Stipe. I think he's very, very good, obviously still young. And so it's the question of, is he going to start immediately for LAFC? And I think that should be the goal. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, very, very good technically on the ball. He's always looking for that final pass. He loves it. He, he was on the left side, mostly for LAFC in the preseason. He did move over to that right side. And occasionally up top, we know, you know, Steve loves that f fluid front three. And without uh, a proven number nine, it's easier for those three to be fluid. Uh, it was mostly Denny Boanga and Vela at the nine. But Stipe, yeah, mostly on the left, went to the right as well. And really, it, it stood out to me because he fit in seamlessly, right? It didn't seem like he was learning the system or trying to figure out how to link up with Boanga or Vela. It seemed like he already knew. It seems like he, they had a very good chemistry um, from the start, which is pretty rare, especially uh, when you're a younger player. So I really, really did like what I saw from him. And uh, I think that front three can be really, really dangerous. We don't know if there will be a number nine coming in, you know, soon. Maybe it will come. Maybe we'll have to wait for the summer. Um, but yeah, Stipe looked very, very good. Always looking for that final pass. Always looking to take on his defender uh, and, and make things happen. He doesn't like passing backwards, it seemed to me. So a uh, very exciting player for sure for LAFC fans and one for the future. That's good. So was the starting three uh, Stipe, uh, Vela, and um, Boanga, that was like three yeah. for both of the games, or did they switch? So on, right. So on Monday, they those three were the starters, and then uh, on Saturday, Apoku started instead of Buke. Oh, that makes sense. And then they played St. Louis, and who was the other team that they played? No, no, they played uh, DC and Toronto FC. So against Toronto, DC, okay. yeah. DC was on Monday where Buke started and then Toronto FC, of course, meeting up again with Bob Bradley uh, was on Saturday. Yeah. Cause I, I did see, I did see that. I said Lorenzo and Zion or Zigne, um, Killini took the photo and then I forget, I'm forgetting the other uh, Italian player. Yeah. yeah Bernadeschi. They, 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 they took the photo together. So that, that's cool. Um, I was starting to, we're starting to see that. And then just that influence. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, uh, um, season for 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 stipe and see what he can produce because you know we already know what mahala can do right we already know what mahala can do and obviously there was this we chicho is going to be a big miss i mean where everybody's pretty clear on that um unfortunately that they weren't able to get a well they were restricted on what they could do what lafc could do um and yeah, and obviously there there was there was that the other what was the other winger for from Chelsea that obviously the deal broke down or he didn't want to come. Um, how do you say his name, Pierre? Um, Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang. Yeah, I can't say his name. Um, that would have been a massive massive signing because Chelsea was reportedly going to pay all his salary and all these different things, but I guess he did not want to come play for LAFC. But now we get to see. You, you talked about how fluid that that the uh, up uh, the top three because I think to me, one player that I saw last year and that really obviously that did so much for LAFC in a short time was Buanga, and I think he will probably play as that false nine even though they'll have that road shading. And to me, I think he could have a really big year. 
um, for LAFC because we've seen how he, at times he kind of he had he, to me him and Chicho had similar traits. Uh, I know they kind of played different styles, but like in the way that they can kind of carry they can carry a team and they can mm-hmm. you know a Buanga is a big physical um, you know athlete. He could move around the defenses and stuff like that. And I, I think he's gonna have. He's gonna have a big, big year now that he's gonna have to carry most, most of the load. And you know, Novella does the same thing he did last season. I don't think he needs to be the goal scorer. He's more of a facilitator, and I think he's okay with that. And then we know Vela can take over a game and you know score, you know, an eighteen yard, nineteen, twenty yard goal, and you know have the sum of his magic. But I think if if Wanga, you have Mahala and Stipe carry more of that that workload, and and Vela can just be more of the facilitator. You know, I think you're still gonna have a pretty solid offensive game right there. And then you still have wh- whether they sign another DP or whatever, if they get another player from now to the start of the season or to the end of the transfer window, which I think it's April 24th, April 20 something for the MLS. If they don't get anybody now, then you still got, you still got the summertime. And we've seen what LAFC has, what did last year in the summertime, sign Killini, sign uh, Bell. And then in the final one, they ended up bringing Buanga. So we've seen, what LAFC can do. And I, I think if they don't start off with the DP or anything like that, I, I think to me, what I even seen a preseason, but just seeing from what they have on paper and seeing some of the highlights on Instagram, I think they will be okay. And I think coming, come summer transfer window, then they can reinforce what they need to add. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Um, obviously, there is no DP spot open right now, so it, it makes things difficult. And obviously, with the financials, that's why Chicho had to go, as you mentioned. So it, it does make bringing in a player difficult. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, there's players ready to go, and Buanga is set to have an incredible year. He scored all three of LAFC's goals in this Coachella Invitational. Uh, he is that main guy. And, you know, he he looked very good at the end of last season, but he was just getting integrated in the team. Now he's had a whole offseason and he is that guy along with Carlos Vela. It will be interesting to see how uh, that front three works, because I agree with you, Boongo will probably be in that false nine mainly. Um, but I think he's just going to float a lot to the right side with Carlos Vela coming, uh, or basically underlapping Carlos Vela so that Vela can come inside more, drop a little deeper, play that facilitator role that you were describing. Um, and so it may, almost becomes a 10 with two strikers at times, I think, uh, in their attacking phase. And I think, yeah, that's exactly what Steve wants is that fluidity um, with that front three so that even Bolonga, who is the nine, he's mostly moving on to one of the wings more, more often than not. Yeah, I think that that's that's going to be the, the, the thing for Boanga. Um, let's let's talk about the goalkeeper. How much how much playing time did John McCarthy get? How much did the backup from from England get? I, I don't, I, I'm trying to look at it for his name. Um, uh, Eldon Yakupovich. Yeah. Um, this is a very interesting uh, topic in my opinion because mm-hmm. everyone just kind of assumes that John McCarthy is the starter, but to me that that isn't a uh, done deal because. He is a good goalkeeper, but he is a penalty specialist, right? And that's why he shined in MLS Cup. And what became the hero was because he did it in the penalty shootout. Uh, he did actually, he did have one fantastic save in extra time uh, that should be recognized. But that is what John McCarthy is really, really good at penalties. And we all knew it before MLS Cup. So whether he's still the starter is a question because, as you mentioned, Yakupovic uh, came in from Everton, who has the European pedigree, he has that experience, and he is also a very good goalkeeper uh, and a backup-level goalkeeper in the MLS. So if he can you know, take that starting spot for McCarthy, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Each of them got a game uh, in the Coachella Invitational, 
uh, Yakupovich started the full game against DC and McCarthy played the full game against Toronto. So it'll be interesting to see who starts against San Diego loyal this Saturday at BMO stadium. And maybe that will tell us who will be the starter going forward. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely try and ask Steve about it because that is something that I have my eye on as well, because to me, it's, it's a toss up at this point. Yeah. And one thing that, 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 that stood out to me about Eld- Eldon is it Eldon Eldon. Yeah. Um, is when we went to the the his introductory press conference with with the with a bunch of the off season signings, is how tall he is, right? He is a little bit older. He's a, what he's in late thirties, thirty five, thirty seven. Um, I think one thing that 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 I would uh, at a keeper look keeper keepers can play until they're forty. You know that that's proven. Um, um, I think the only thing to me on Eldon is how how his mobility is because I I'm pretty sure John McCarthy's the quicker one. He, he may not have his – I don't know, you, you probably tell me the height difference, but he may not be as tall as Eldon, but I think he's more – he's quicker. And that's what I see in Eldon. I has him on the height, but I haven't seen his mobility or anything like that. Are you, are you, is there any concern on his mobility, or was he able to get, get up and down, go for the saves, uh, even though he is an older goalkeeper? Yeah, I know it's a good point because McCarthy can probably get down to the floor quicker than Yakupovich would. Um the two goals were basically like they were very close to him and on the ground. So you can't really expect him to stop them either. Uh, anyway, the, the two goals that were scored on Yakupovich. Um, so I don't really think either of them were his fault. Uh, so it's, it's really hard to judge based off of those. Um, but like his leadership skills were really, really uh, obvious to me. He was, you know, yelling at his back line the entire game, basically. Not to say McCarthy doesn't do that as well, but it's, yeah, it's like a, you know, he's, he's a little bit older. He has a little bit more of that experience. So, yeah, I, I do think that um, the age is definitely a factor. The height is definitely a factor and the experience. And you just put all of those together and see which one you think comes out on top. Um, for me, I, I probably would start Yakupovich on the first game just to, and, and see how it goes. I'm not saying that that's you know, a definitive thing um, going forward. And honestly, probably Steve will start McCarthy just because he knows him a little bit better. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. Yeah, and I, I, and I think you, you make a great point because even when I when you, you mentioned that early, even when I saw Eldon, um, I was like, okay, he has some size and everything. And I was like, yeah, he's definitely coming here to compete for that number one job. And so we'll, we'll see what – I don't even think Maxine Carpo, depending – because, you know, the thing about goalkeepers, at least for me, it's like you don't have – you don't want to have a rotating door. And we've seen that LAFC did that the first four years of Bob Bradley, and you see how big of a mess. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too far back with Vermeer and um, what well, was the guy that ended up going to Minnesota. Uh, it was Tyler originally – Tyler Miller. So you kind of had like a rotating door. I don't think you wanted to do that again, or you want to go through that. So, right. So say if McCarthy is the guy or Eldon is the guy, you kind of want to let them write it out. But, you know, if you have a scenario where both of the guys are playing, you know, they're, they're not, they're playing just average or below average. And I think that's, that's a, that, that's a question for concern because um, we've seen videos of Maxine Carpo be, be, be in the locker room and all these different things. But I think you want to have a solid goalkeeper. And then whenever Maxine Carpo can be ready, you give him a, you give him a nice opportunity to try to win a spot back. So I think that's going to be very interesting to see how Steve handles that situation. Uh, and, you know, because I think, you know, the one thing that we knew about LFC, regardless of what, what was going on last season or, you know, some of the some of the struggles that they had is just like, hey, they have a solid goalkeeper, you know, which they mm-hmm. didn't have the 
four years. Um, this year, because of Maxine, Maxine's heroics, you know, uh, putting his body in line, missing the World Cup, giving the, the team a chance uh, to win the MLS Cup final. Obviously, he ended up getting injured and everything like that. So I think he still deserves to get a shot whenever he's ready. Um, be, but being game ready is a whole different thing than practice and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll have to see when Maxine Kep, Kripo can be ready. But I, yeah, I think it's either John McCarthy and Eldon. It's going to be a very, very close call. Um, just just seeing just Eldon's demeanor and just how mature, mature obviously, uh, he was and how he, he spoke. I, I remember how he spoke on this guy's coming here to be the starter. Like that's that's just the sense that I got. That that's just the sense that I got. And I think I think the thing that LAFC likes is they like to have competition in every spot. Look, there's there's already some spots I already spoken for, like Carlos Vela, right? No one's necessarily unless unless he's injured or having bad game. We've even seen Steve Schuldner kind of, you know, uh, sub him out and 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 I think it was an El Trafico matchup uh in the playoffs, but I think for the most part uh, Everybody outside of Carlos Vela um, spot is kind of is the only one spoken for, and every other spot is what LAFC likes to have in competition, and that's what you have when you have a good club. You have competition in, in every position, so it's gonna be very interesting how that motivates John McCarthy and how that motivates all the other players around. Uh, talk to me about the defense. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the defense and how they, how were they able to perform? I know, look, it's preseason, just a couple games, but what did you like? Yeah, um, well, the first game, the, the main center back partnership that we got to look at was Long and Mario uh, together because mm. they played uh, they played two halves together, one in each game, so a full 90 together um, over the two games. And I thought they looked really good together. I thought they complemented each other's game very, very well. Uh, obviously, we know that Mario is the type of center back that likes to step into midfield. He likes to win a ball mainly with his head, sometimes with his foot. He likes to put his arm into the back of the midfielders or the opponent strikers, uh, you know, be a physical presence in that midfield and and step forward, which means you have to have a, a, center, a second center back who's going to stay behind him and sweep things up and make sure that everything is safe if he misses a ball. And that is the job of Aaron Long. And, and we saw, you know, Chiellini play that same role last year. Um, and so that's why I don't think you're going to very often see Aaron Long start with Chiellini. You're going to see one of the, mm -hmm. either Long or Chiellini start with Murillo. Um, and then probably one of those two start with Maldonado as well, uh, who we did get a look at. He Maldonado, the biggest thing that happened with him was he, he made one really, really strong challenge in the middle of the field, uh, won the ball absolutely cleanly. Uh, both both him and Pedro Santos locked ankles and went, you know, bang right on the ball together from opposite angles. Maldonado was just stronger and Pedro Santos went mm -hmm. off injured as a result. But Maldonado got booked for it. Um, so poor refereeing, but it was it showed, you know, the strong mentality that Maldonado has as central defender. He's going in to make that very strong challenge. He's not going to, you know, mess about. Um, and so I think you're probably going to see him start in the Champions League, uh, maybe next to Long, maybe next to uh, Chiellini. I don't know. And then maybe you'll see Long more in the MLS because, you know, he is – MLS experience and so I think it'll be a competition thing as well as a who works better uh with each other because yeah long long looked very good next to Mario as Chiellini has done and then Maldonado looks more similar to a Mario type where he wants to uh step into the midfield and and you know may, be a physical presence um and then as far as the fullbacks Palacios and Holling said you know same as always uh Palencia uh, the the new signing from Saint Etienne, uh, Denny Boanga's buddy that came over, uh, played on the right side, looked very very attack minded, uh, always wants to you know attack his def uh, attack 
down the wing, uh, never wants to pass backwards, always going forwards and really making things happen as a fullback. So in that sense, I might compare him for LAFC fans to a Kim Moon Juan who wants to really get forward, mm. um, though he is still defensively solid more than Kim ever was, still is uh, an orthodox fullback rather than a wingback. Um, so, yeah, that's my overall thoughts on the defense there. No, that's good. Good points. I think you, you mentioned. I think one thing <clears throat> that I mentioned last time was Aaron Long. I think it would be a negative if you look, just speaking negative in, in terms of pace and stuff, you pair Long and Chiellini because, you know, being at the U.S. Men's National team, we I noticed how Long doesn't he's not as quick as other players uh, coming in there. So you definitely need a big body, some quicker Murillo is definitely one of the quickest center backs that they got and then I know that you mentioned Mondolano who has those same similar attributes so I'm glad I'm glad you point that out point it out look it's not I'm not saying that you, you will never see a long and Chiellini you may see it for like the last five ten minutes or something like that um but I think just just certain attributes that, that each one has um because you're always going to need someone with a little bit more pace than the other one look if both of them are faster you know obviously that that's a positive but if they're not as quick, and you have another quick one, one much in Maldonado or Jesus Murillo. Um, I think that I think that that's how you kind of offset just different things. And look, I think you know Long's experience is obviously killing. His experience goes without saying. Um, but yeah, you still need uh, someone that can move and be a little bit more fluid. Uh, the new signing Tillman was he there? Did was he was he there? Uh, did he get did he get any playing time? Um, talk to me about him. If you got plenty of time, tell me about what you saw. If you didn't get plenty of time, uh, talk to me about the rest of the midfield. Yeah, he, he came on in the second game um, against Toronto. So we in the, in the second half, so we got maybe thirty minutes from him. Uh, he looked, you know, solid. Nothing that stood out sensational. But uh, yeah, talked to Steve after the game. He described him as a profile eight, somebody who's very, very tactical. Uh, he's obviously they knew each other back in Germany, so that's you know the, the connection between them. Um, and yeah, I, I think he just looked very calm, very, uh, controlled in that midfield. He's, I think he's the backup to Kellen Acosta. I think you mm-hmm. can think of him as, as that, um, a profile eight who can also play that six if necessary, a, a more defensive minded than an attack minded player, but can still contribute going forward. Very similar to Kellen, I think in that way. Um, and and yeah, he, he he looked pretty good. What was interesting to me, he actually came into that eight role and pushed C Fuentes into the nine for the rest of the game, um, mm. which was an interesting uh, tactical tweak. Maybe Steve wants to see that going forward. Maybe he he puts Sifu in the false nine at times because he's a ten, right? He drops a little bit deeper and then can be really really creative from that area. Um, so maybe maybe that is a tactical idea, or maybe it was just you know a preseason thing we'll see uh, and then the other piece in the midfield was emerson Heinemann, who hasn't been announced as an lafc signing we don't know if he's going to be an lafc signing but uh steve said he has been training with the team he did get a few minutes in that uh toronto game and looked you know uh i mean we know emerson Heinemann, right he's an mls player he's mls caliber in my opinion so uh again similar to tillman nothing stood out but he looked you know solid and I wouldn't be surprised at all if LFC end up signing him to, uh, you know, help their midfield depth. Yeah, no, that I think that's because those those are the <clears throat> I think the the questions and the concerns are, are outside obviously the front three. Um, with Chicho leaving, I think it's been the midfield how thin how thin it looks, right? And um, mm-hmm. also like the 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 before you know these signings, I think those are those are the questions: How's the midfield going to look? More in depth, my to me, it's more the depth wise, you know, because eventually one of these guys is gonna is gonna need a sub or, 
hopefully no injuries or anything like that. But I think this is more depth wise uh, on the midfield than what we can see. Look, ten ten days away from from a bit from a the biggest game of the year. <laughs> Starting starting off strong, we already know the El Trafico's uh, games. They never, for the most part, they if every if both teams are healthy, they never disappoint. I think there's only been one that it's like was kind of boring. Um, but outside of that, I right, let's let's talk about that leading up to El Trafico. How are you feeling uh, as this current LAFC roster? I know there's going to be a game here this Saturday at, at BMO Stadium. Um, they're going to get another 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 crack at it to, for Steve Sherman to kind of get, you know, the rest of the players. How are you feeling uh, about LAFC going into that game? Yeah, I mean, I think LAFC are the clear favorites heading into that game. Um, obviously, MLS Cup winners, but uh, a huge turnover in this offseason. But even if you look at the players that are, are on paper for both teams right now, uh, LAFC have the edge no question in my mind especially now that la galaxy have officially lost julian arajo to barcelona um that's a huge loss to them i don't even know who's gonna play in that right back by the way that that is a crazy story in itself um but you know congratulations to the player i'm happy for him that he was able to get the move that he wanted um but yeah i don't even know who's gonna play in that right back position for galaxy at the rose bowl um chicharito there's a question mark right he came out after three minutes uh, injured in that preseason in their last preseason game so hopefully Vanny said it's just precautionary maybe he's going to be fine for that game maybe he's not you don't know um and yeah we'll, we'll just see how things are going I talked to Memo Rodriguez of, of Galaxy about that and he said you know that they're going in with the mentality to, to win it of course um but yeah I, I think that it's going to be not only um dominant from LAFC in the stands because of you know the, the protests and all that, but Ooh, probably. <laughs> well, what do you mean? They're, the Galaxy fans don't are, are protesting the game. They're not going to show up in in the same numbers, right? Um, no, I, I, so. just, I just, <laughs> I just what? like that you. <laughs> I just like that that you brought that up. You're like, hey, by the way, they're not going to be oh, well, at the stadium. <laughs> Because I think it's going to be dom- I think it's going to be pretty dominant on the field from LAFC, and it'll for sure be dominant from from the fans. And the, so it's going to be the, dominant on the field, dominant dominant on the stands, just domination all over, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it, you you domination in the stands for sure. Domination on the field harder to say with El Trafico, as you say. They're always crazy games, so, uh, so it, should, it'll look. Galaxy fans not even show up. Is this what is this what you're saying? No, I'm. I'm. Look, hey, if you want to protest, don't show up. That's for sure. Which I, I support all the protests, but uh, no, I'm just but no, I mean, just it's me. going to be a tough time. Look, Galaxy do not have their their squad fully rounded yet. Greg Vanny talked about it himself. You know, they're still trying to figure out all the pieces to get into their squad. Not saying that LAFC aren't in the similar position, but LAFC have a, a more defined starting eleven already than Galaxy do at this point, and I think it's going to benefit them in the first game of the season. No, you make you make make a great point. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot going on with with the galaxy at this going time. Uh, yeah, I think right now, um, right now what we see, right, we see with all that turmoil with what's going on with the galaxy front office, them wanting, you know, Chris Klein to be fired or be exited out, the boycott, um, and all these different things. Uh, I think one of the things that Mike Gray mentioned is like seventy percent sold out. You know, so I'm assuming that there's still going to be. I don't think those are all. Uh, one-sided tickets, but I think a lot of people are still going to show up, and it's it's unfortunate for for what's going on with the galaxy. I mean that that's just their own problems, but I think you know you uh, typically a game like this, your home opener because we, we should remember this is Galaxy's home opener, quote unquote. But it's it's so much different things going on going on with with that with with the club that that you're just like you know 
I just seem sometimes like they, the galaxy just are, are, are at times are just they're surrounded by chaos within within the organization and with what's going on and everything. I think you look at LAFC on the other side, um, you know, they don't have as much chaos when it comes to like the front office and fans. Everything seems everybody seems to be together. Right. And how could you not? You just won an MLS Cup. Right. You just won MLS Cup trophies. You're riding high. Big game. Uh, everything's together. Uh, one thing that I think I, I I think I should know know is these two teams. Whenever these two teams face, um, typically because it's typically this is the first time we, as we all know this is the first time that's not a, a BMO or Dignity Health Sports Park, and I like that it's at a neutral location. And hopefully, maybe we can have more. Maybe at SoFi uh, Stadium next if they put grass. I, I know how they did grass. Uh, let's talk about that having a neutral location for these games because I've been calling for that for uh, since this rivalry started. Um, because of how, how big and everything like that. Let's talk about how the neutral site and what it means for the growth in MLS and just what it means in, in, for soccer just here here in L.A. and how big this rivalry really is. Yeah, no, it, it's a great point you made because putting a type of game like that in the Rose Bowl where it can hold 100,000 people, 90,000 people is is insane right i mean it's probably going to be sold out if not right right about there so it's going to create one of the best soccer atmospheres in mls history i think and it it proves and not only that right i think when you're launching apple tv at the same time you're trying mm -hmm. to make a statement to the world right you're trying to make a statement that this is a real league and not only in this country but around the world can be noticed can be watched and can be respected and so to bring out 90,000 people for your opener between two of the biggest teams in your league, that really makes a statement. And yeah, if we could do it more at SoFi and things like that, it'd be fantastic. I think the only downside is you're taking a home game away from Galaxy, which I'm sure they would not be happy about. Um, so if you can find a way to, to balance that out for the two teams um, so they're not losing their home games and things like that, that would be even better. But uh, I think, as you mentioned, as you say, it's more important to... Uh, for the league and to make this statement of how uh, not only the support that they have, um, but the quality on the pitch will be there as well. I think uh, with the two teams, you have Ricky Pooj, hopefully you'll have Chicharito, you have Denny Boanga, you have Carlos Vela. These are the stars of MLS and can always put on a show um, for a game that will attract a huge audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to, it's going to be exciting. 10 days away, 10 days away guys. So it's, 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 it's going to be exciting. I, I mean, it's, it's going to be a historic game, historic. Uh, one of just one of those things that you're going to be like, man, if you haven't, if you're not, if you didn't get a ticket, definitely go look, I, if you're boycotting hey, I understand nothing wrong with that. But like, if you're not definitely try to get a ticket because it's going to be fun. And these games never disappoint. I think most for the most part, when I was looking at tickets, um, they're more affordable than usually because you look to try to fill out 90,000, stand stadium you know the tickets got to be somewhat affordable it's not like the bank or dignity which is not as nothing compares more than a half the size of that right it's probably like a quarter of a rose bowl but yeah i, I think it's gonna be exciting for that 10 days away uh justin man i appreciate you for being on man giving us the insight and everything um and everything like that i'm assuming you're gonna be at the, at the game this 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 weekend and yeah hopefully we get a chat with you and everything but yeah man any last words before we let you go Oh man, it was just thanks for having me on. That uh, enjoy the Coachella Invitational, and yeah, excited for this season to uh, get back underway. The, the off season has been boring, so we need besides the transfers, of course. But yeah, we need to get back into some games. Yeah, that's why I'm just like, ah, come on, let's get the games going. 
uh you know let's get the games going but yeah exactly. well i appreciate it justin so for justin this is geo we'll catch you guys next time bye everybody mm -hmm.